Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. Broadcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I am Trev Downey and I am joined this week on episode 343 of the Anfield Index podcast by Lisa Marie Hannahan and Guy Drinkle. I should have probably said 343 just to uh, um, tickle Carl Kopak's fancy, but seeing as he can't make it because he's off playing football like a lad half his age. Uh, I don't feel the need to do that. So I'm going to just say hello to my um, colleagues this evening by in, just inquiring how they are, and then we'll see if they've got anything to start the show with. But just quickly, Guy, we have two games to talk about and two games to look back on. So there's plenty of stuff for the football chat, but just so everyone can get reassured, uh, when I come back to you in a minute, you do have a little piece of culture for them, don't you? All the culture. It's got all the culture. Book related culture, film related culture. Put your hands together. We're getting cultural. Oh God, I love it. And Lisa Marie, I don't know if there's a specific thing that you'd like to open up with, but I am going to start with you. Say hello first. How are you doing, my friend? Hello, I'm doing fine, thank you. <laughs> uh second question, did I get the number of the show right? You did. You did. Thanks. I thought I was going to have an opportunity to jump in there and, and provide it to you, but you came through, Trevor, and I am so proud. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> that is the most gloriously condescending moment I've ever been involved in. Thank you. <laughs> I highly doubt that. But anyway. <laughs> no, no, really, it's up there. Um, <laughs> so uh, let me just begin um, the, the entire show by asking you, have you got anything specific you wanted to start off with? Any uh, words of wisdom or any reference points you want to? I really, I really don't. Um, I have been on kind of back-to-back calls all morning here, so oh. I've, I've been a bit busy. But I do want to say that I am a little upset that neither you nor Guy noticed when we were on video there at the beginning that I cut six inches off my hair. No, I did saying. notice. I did notice. And then I thought, is it past remarkable to say that? I always get really anxious about stuff like that. <laughs> so what I said, I had made this decision that I'll just say it to Lisa Marie afterwards. Oh, well, so okay. that's why. That's why. <laughs> well, yeah. all right. It's, it's, yeah, and, uh, have, and of course, now you look even younger, which is more annoying, um, <laughs> I have to say. That's, that's, well, it's a little shorter than I meant for it to be, but that's okay. It'll it'll grow. It'll grow. But anyway, right. now it's it's been a busy week. Um, it's fall break next week for for schools and so it or at least my kids school so it feels like everyone's trying to kind of cram everything into this week so it's it's been a bit of a bit of a busy week but the weather's been glorious I just felt you know since I complain about the weather so much I thought it would be nice to point out that we have had absolutely beautiful weather here for the last couple of weeks so, so what is this season officially in your it um... is fall we are in fall a You're- little warm during the day, but we get to where it drops at night. You've got those nice crisp mornings. Um, and so, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a little warm, like when you get to about, you know, afternoon, but, but it cools right back off. In fact, um, Paul, kid number two, played a, he had a match on Tuesday evening and didn't start until 745. And it was a bit, it was a bit chilly, had to break out the coat and the scarf and the gloves to, to sit out there and, and watch him play. So, but I, I think you're, I think you're misunderstanding my question, which is where oh. on your category, do you remember? Oh, on my categories list, yeah. we would be in yeah. fall. I would consider this actual fall. <laughs> oh, isn't there some sort of a qualifier that goes with that? I thought they all had qualifiers. They're um, all subcategories and stuff like that. <laughs> You know, crazy. A lot of people do, but no, but this is, it's like we had, we were in false fall and then we were in, yeah. And then it's just straight up proper actual fall. Yes. We are now in actual fall. uh, For for those of you listening um, (laughs) everywhere else, that's autumn. Um, Oh, pardon. Apologies. If we say autumn here, you can't say it's fall y'all. So. Well, that's very true, actually. Yeah, yeah. We can't say that's that true. here anyway. Autumn it, y'all doesn't have the same, yeah. Doesn't no, the same. you're right. You're right. It, it always falls flat for me, that one. Um, I have to say, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're, you're enjoying your, um, your, your climate conditions, weather conditions. What's the difference? Oh, let's not get into that. Uh, <laughs> let's move quickly away from that topic, <laughs> a fractious <laughs> topic, and go to... Uh, young drinkle who is very busy this week because i've been listening to the shows in which he's been involved production wise or other and there's a lot of them um the usual few my friend so i do appreciate you taking the time out on a friday evening to do this with us um doesn't get said enough so fair play to you uh and more to the point here you go about to do your service for humanity again by informing us all about something we should be watching oh before you start as well Mm. Courtesy of man, uh, we all know well. And when when things are completely uh, set up, I will uh, reveal the identity of said man. I've now got a wealth of um, internet uh, access to glorious 
television and movies and the like, um, which, of course, the rest of the world has been familiar with for ages, but it's just coming to a cinema near me right now. Uh, despite my glorious, gloriously awful internet connection, I have had some very interesting watch-ups seeing things like the new Top Gun movie, for example, and that type of thing. So there are stories to come from this, uh, maybe next week or the week after when that's settled. However, a different quality of film experience altogether is always brought to us by Guy Drinkle. What is this week's treat, my friend? <clears throat> right. I shall read the storyline first. And for you, uh, literature um, purists may die a little inside here. <clears throat> Herman Melville's classic tale retold. The infamous whale is bigger, badder, and a whole lot stronger in the sci-fi reimagining of Herman Melville's classic tale of the battle between man, sea, and sea creature. Starring Zena Elham, Rene O'Connor as traditionally male narrator, but the boat, now a high-tech submarine, is also bigger, and Captain Ahab is as, as determined as ever to settle the score and take down the mighty sea mammal that maimed him. Welcome to 2010, Moby Dick. Whoa, I thought there was going to be a change of title as well, but I'm glad they kept it. So it's obviously got that link to the classic. Now, so far, you'd have to say it sounds truly appalling. So tell us how much worse it gets. Um, so we have a high score of 2.4. On IMDb. Okay. okay. <laughs> a bit of conversation for you between a Seahawk pilot and Captain Ahab. Oh, tremendous. Congratulations, you nuked a school of squid, Captain Ahab. Where there are squid, there are whales. Oh, God, that's profound. <laughs> that is glorious. When, Zena, there... when there's a Xena link, I feel like it needs to be said as well. Hang on, you see, you, you mentioned that was a bit of a throwaway thing earlier on. Zena, I thought you said that was the actress. I believe Not, it is, so she's the narrator by the sounds of it. But but her name in, in the character is Zena. So it was quoted Zena, so I, I'm guessing okay. she played Zena before, because there was two people. There was one from uh, Spartacus who played Zena, so I'm guessing she played, who did she play? It's wasn't it Lucy Lawless? Is that was it? Yes, Lucy Zena, Lawless. Warrior yeah, yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. It's, isn't the two people who played Zena? Who she? Oh, played? possibly, possibly. Zena Warrior, Pre- Gabrielle Hope, and Matt something. Matty. No, she didn't play Zena. She was in Zena, so she wasn't even Zena. <laughs> that's, how, that's how good the link is in this film. Oh my god. Oh wow, that's fantastic! I, I get it. So she she was she had a minor role in Zena. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that makes it. It's not even minor role. She's in every episode. Oh, is she? Okay, right. Well, again, I've never we, seen... We've all, watched, we've all watched Zena, clearly. <laughs> yeah, clearly, yeah. I, I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, actually, Lisa Marie, have you, were you a Xena Warrior Princess fan at any stage? Uh, no. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that's that is uh, that's an, an absolute classic for the uh, uh i'm not sure i'm the audience that that was marketed toward i'm I, i'm not sure either. if you're not given a chance how do you know 
Exactly. <laughs> what, what are you saying exactly here? <laughs> uh, so I, I too have some film related stuff to get uh, going with uh, in the form of a quiz, but I want to make sure that there's absolutely nothing else that you need to, um, information you need to ring out of that one. Uh, before we go, Moby Dick 2010. Is 2010 part of the title? Oh, God, yes. It's right on the poster. Of course. Oh. It's um, it's the classic Jaws poster as well. So, shark underneath. It's not a girl swimming. It's the submarine. But it's gone for the classic Jaws poster. 2010. Big-ass text. Moby Dick. And what did you think of the poster which I sent you during the week? Yes. I, we will. I, that is for the Christmas edition of this Excellent. show. Excellent. <laughs> I was looking for Halloween look films, but it's still it's still too early for Halloween stuff. Yeah, that needs to be talked about for sure. So yes. I do look forward to I do look forward to you digging that one out. Now, for um, the film fans amongst us, I do have a little quiz. I thought I'd do this a little bit differently. Instead of playing you the audio, because that's always um, a bit sort of um, stressful and um, potentially error-strewn because of YouTube ads and stupid voiceovers and pop-ups and stuff like that. So I'm just going to go with the text. So I've got a collection from a website called filmsite.org and they have a little area here called best film speeches and monologues, whether you agree with them or not. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start, I'm going to read out a film, uh, a speech from a film and you can, and I say buzz in by just simply shouting out the answer and you get a point for the title of the film and a point if you can tell me who the character is. Now, they're not maybe just as obvious as some people would like in this case, but I can't say I'm too worried about that. I think you need a challenge. So this is the very first one. And uh, it goes like this. Councilman. I stand before you not only as your queen, I come to you as a mother, I come to you as a wife, I come to you as a Spartan woman, I come to you with great humility. I'm not here to represent Leonidas, or Leonidas, excuse me. His actions speak louder than my words ever could. I am here for all those voices which cannot be heard. Mothers, daughters, fathers, sons, 300 families that bleed for our rights and for the very principles this room was built upon. 300. Hmm? Yay! <laughs> I just wanted to, I wanted to hear the full quote so I didn't buzz in. But I, I know that film, don't you worry. Yeah, I kind of know that film as well. Uh, for an extra point, can you tell me the name of the character? Uh, Leonidas's wife. What's his name? There. Uh, I can't remember her name. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll even give you a point for the actress. I was trying to think of the actress's name, and now I'm just thinking of Guy, Game of Thrones. What's her name? And yeah, she's the Judge Dredd. Yep. Oh, what's a bloody name? You can gazump the point here, by the way, so you know, uh, Lisa Marie. Oh, didn't know that. <laughs> I can't. What's a bloody it's, name? It's Queen Gorgo, played by Lena Headey. Lena Headey. It's Queen something. Yeah. Yes, very good. Very I would good never have got Gorgo, but Lady was in there somewhere. Next speech. Are we ready? Um, it goes like this. But on this most auspicious of nights, permit me then, in lieu of the more commonplace sobriquet, to suggest the character of this 
dramatis personae. Voila, in view of a humble vaudevillian veteran cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate. This visage, no mere veneer of vanity, is a vestige of the voix populi. Now vacant, vanished. However, this valorous visitation of a bygone vexation stands vivified and has vowed to vanquish these venal and virulent vermin, vanguarding vice and vouchsafing the violently vicious and voracious violation of volition. You gotta get this, folks. First of all, that is a lovely series of words that start with the letter V. Yes, that is the point. Now, what is the movie? <laughs> is it V for Vendor? It is V for Vendor. Oh, God, that helped me so, helped me so much. Well, all right, here we go. For the first, first of all, I've never, I haven't seen either of those films, so anyway. Oh. <laughs> v for Vendetta is like 300, prob- probably not for you, <laughs> but V for Vendetta is fantastic. But you all have to understand that there was a, you know, there's a pretty good period of time where, you know, movie watching was, you know, not necessarily easily attained <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not having this excuse at all. I'm not having this excuse right. at all. I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying that you know. Anyway, go ahead. Next way to I go. Do, oh wait, I, does he get to say the actor or actor? Yeah, Hugo Weaving. Very good. Yeah, I Very know my good. Hugo. You do know your Hugo, right? Here we go. This is the next one. Uh yes. And we go like this. <clears throat> Those areas, they've been drilled. Yes, it's called drainage, Eli. See, I own everything around it, so of course I get what's underneath it. Do you understand, Eli? That's more to the point. Do you understand? I drink your water. I drink it up every day. I drink the blood of the lamb from Bandy's tract because you're not the chosen brother, Eli. T'was Paul who was chosen. He found me and told me about your land. You're just a fool. I did what your brother couldn't. I broke you and beat you. It was Paul told me about you. He's the prophet. He's the smart one. He knew what was there, and he found me to take it out of the ground. Do I need to go on? Is that... Oh, what is it... There will be blood, or... Yes! Very good. And then good. I'm assuming that's Daniel Day-Lewis. It is, and we were getting to the... I, I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink it I up. at least have a point on the board. Two, because I guess the actor. You do. You do. So it is two, <laughs> and we're going to go at least one more, and we'll have a tie break if necessary. Okay. Next one. Want to know how I got these scars? My, mo- my father was a drinker and a fiend. Dark Knight. Oh, he's in. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have hit a rich, rich vein of drinkle interest films here. So, do it. Give me the either character or actor or both Joker. to wrap this up. Oh my God, like, what's, his, what's his bloody name? I'm going to have to... Heath Ledger. Oh, oh God. I... <laughs> Extra bonus point for you mm. for coming in from the side. So... <laughs> We will do more of this. I feel like that was a successful format. We will return to this, but we must get on uh, with the business that is football. Um, We have two games which have been played since we last spoke because we recorded last Friday. Liverpool played Brighton, uh, much to most of our chagrin on the Saturday. And then we had a game against Rangers on Tuesday, 
which cheered people considerably um, by contrast. Now, a lot of things happen in those two games. So there are, as usual, good and bad things to take away from both. So it's not exactly a surprise. You know exactly how this show goes. We're not really interested in the immediate analysis. There's a show called Raw that does that. Or any of the breakdowns and analysis of things that people said and all that. Because there are several shows that do that too. And of course, it's terrible of me to forget that uh, Nina does exactly the same in terms of post-match as well, where Lisa Marie was front and centre last time out. So would you... Please give me your takeaways from the week. One good, one bad. Um, Try to um, uh, pick something that you genuinely feel was good and something you genuinely feel was bad. I don't care how obvious it is. And to get the ball rolling, what I will say is maybe, maybe, perhaps a little bit controversially and certainly almost contradictorily um, when I look back at the things I was saying during the game, which I did actually, my takeaway that's on a positive note was actually Darwin Nunes and despite the fact that they managed to spin it in the mirror yesterday um, into a headline which said Nunes and Virgil van Dijk had some sort of an altercation basically was the gist of the headline where in fact all it was was a uh, exasperated uh, expression from from, um, uh, Darwin to Virgil saying basically in translation the ball won't go in the net brother um so fair play to the mirror for that and my takeaway was that actually on reflection I thought it was a very decent outing obviously spoke to Jan about this last night we'd have loved to have got the man off the mark get him a goal I do feel that that's an important thing. I do feel that's a big miss. But I was also quite enthused by the fact that he kept getting into these positions where it was him versus a goalkeeper. And I think that's a very good sign. I think all but the most impatient will be cheered by that. I think they should be at least. I mean, whatever age you are in terms of your involvement or interest in the game, um, that's a truism as long as I can recall which is strikers old strikers saying well at least he's getting in the positions and that's a massive thing in and of itself so I'm going to just choose to be heartened by that as we go forward into the next couple of games and believe uh, in the way that <laughs> so many people are just to do so blindly that it will come right because I think that is the most important sign so that's my happy takeaway which i don't think either of you would have had so i think i'm safe enough on being on um comparatively original ground guy in terms of something really positive to take out of the last two games where would you go uh just the i was gonna say the good and bad the good was rangers and the bad was just brighton uh because that game was fair yeah um but in terms of specifics (laughs) um the good the relation, well, the relationship, the competence of Henderson and Trent in the Rangers game, whereas they weren't in our front four at the same time for some reason, mm. when one of them is meant to be covering the right back space. But hey ho, why not have a crack up front? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think stuff like that is is something that can translate regardless of formation. Because I did Euro incision yesterday, and I was talking to Nina how we how we need to keep the 4-2-3-1, stuff like that. But the more it gets closer to the Arsenal game, I'm pretty sure we're just going to go back to 4-3-3. But what we can take out from that Rangers game is 
the lads on the right need to play on the right. Not <laughs> left wing, not as a striker, as a right back and a right centre midfielder. So hopefully the Rangers game, this is almost coming off as a negative now, but if they if they have that discipline in the performance that they're shown in the Rangers game, I think that's a good starting point to get that side back to being somewhat competent because they've probably been two of our worst players this season. Um, so yeah, it, it was a good showing from then. I think Henderson was in for man of the match shouts, especially in the first half, and Trent obviously got the really nice free kick and again played really well throughout the entire game. So yeah, um, it was just nice having them two actually play like professional footballers. Can I uh, slide into your DMs here mm. with a question about something that you said, which is um, about how um, you know overall it's it's nice to see uh, a ch- the, the, the change of shape is good and effective, but the, as you as we get closer to Sunday, you're thinking more and more that it's going to revert to four three three, and that interests me because I heard exactly the same from uh, Young Malby yesterday evening, which I thought. I, I was actually a bit surprised. I, I thought in the limited amount of stuff, because normally I read a lot more and I see a lot more, but I've been very much off Twitter. And obviously, as we, we know, missed the Brighton game where you had to stand in for me. Thank, thanks again for that. Um, so I, I did miss a lot of the stuff. Like, for example, the apparent set to between Klopp and Fabinho totally went over my mm. head. But I did get the impression from the quotes that I saw, Guy, that this was a thing that he was now going to do. He was very definitive about this change in shape. He wasn't vague about it at all. And to me, that sounds as if it's a change in shape, not like an option. It wasn't being spoken spoken about as an option. Um, so I thought it was how we were going to go for a while now. Um, in so- today's presser, he mentioned keeping the opposition guessing and um, <laughs> okay and the fans be, yes pretty much and being uh what's the word uh well not stuck in one formation which i mean we played four two three one keep them guessing we go back to four three three so uh, versatile is the word i'm looking for versatile okay. uh, yeah um yeah i i just think if it was an if it was a regular team not the top of the table team and then we've got City next week. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he kept the 4 2 3 1. It's just that I think we'll revert to type against Arsenal and just hope we implement the changes of not having our whole right hand side players sent forward. But um, yeah, yeah I, it, I, it wouldn't surprise me either way, but I don't think the shape matters too much. I think it's more important than basically the instructions to the players. I think that's the most important thing. But. Yeah, um, but if we are playing four two three one, I mean, we'll obviously get onto the Arsenal game. But would Henderson start, or would he revert back to Fabinho? Then it changes the dynamic again. But I'm sure we'll, we'll get onto well, that. Yeah. Well, exactly that, yeah. and 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 that's let me let me take that and just go sideways to you on this, Lisa Marie, for a second, because again, I I dropped this square in Jan's lap yesterday evening, and he was as clueless as me about it. But apparently it's been a thing. Now, I know you said you've been sort of very, very busy. So feel free to bat it straight back to guy. You can clarify what it, what this is or not. But what have you heard about this um, uh, conflict between the manager and our our, um, our our central midfielder, Fabinho? I've seen a little bit about it. And I think it's just, and again, I, I haven't read all the stories or, or, or looked into it, but 
when I saw it, my sort of just reaction was, you know, of course, Klopp is, you know, he's a passionate man. And so he's going to, you know, yell at the players in the game. We've seen him do that. And I think, you know, it's not necessarily characteristic of Fabino to turn around and yell back, but, but yeah, he was probably just frustrated. I mean, you know, it's, it's been mentioned by multiple people, you know, all season that, you know, yes, of course he's not been in good form. Um, But part of the reason I think he's not been in good form is, you know, he's been having to play the role of, you know, two, if not three people across that midfield. And, you know, he can only be one place at a time. So, so it was probably just his frustration that had him, you know, responding back, if you will, that is, you know, started this dialogue of, you know, there being a, a set two between the two of them. Um, so I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. I would like to think that the reason Hindo started was just a matter of the fact that we have so many games going on, you know, the month of October that it made more sense for Hindo to start against Rangers. Therefore, Fabino could start against Arsenal and you know, even Hindo can start against Rangers again and, you know, and, and Favino can start about against Man City. I saw it more of a rotation thing. But OK, oh, I, I actually like that. And I, I hope that that's the case. I, I brought it up for a couple of reasons. One, you've just put your finger on. Uh, I'll come back to that in a second. The other was that, again, um, when I uh, spoke to Jan about it, he did refer back to the fact that Fabinho had been to all intents and purposes, dropped for the Manchester United game as well, uh, which when you did went really like well, that, <laughs> yeah, it went really well, right? You know, um, well done. So that seems, you know, it was an interesting. I thought it was an interesting point, and um, might be getting to something that a lot of people have been hinting at. Because if we're, if we're being honest, if the Rangers result hadn't gone well, there would be all sorts of tinfoil hats being pulled on left, right, and centre, and theories floating around of all sorts of conspiracy nature, and. You've just put your finger in something there, Lisa Marie, that I'm going to throw back in Guy's direction because maybe this is just me. It could be a generational thing. It could be what I do for a living. But I'm of that generation and certainly of that profession where if I am feeling that it's important to dole out a bollocking to somebody um, who is nominally sort of under my tutelage which is say in my own personal situation as a as a teacher or as a coach in a football field or something like that that's also essentially i know it's slightly different and more nuanced than all the rest of it but there's a huge aspect of Klopp that is that old-fashioned yeah he's everybody's mate but you won't fucking mess with him kind of thing <laughs> that and i think that's absolutely the dynamic that is essential you have to have that distance and respect and that slight foreboding thing, Guy. And I don't like, and people always say, oh, it's fine. Like, I mean, it's just a bit of heat of the moment stuff. But I, I honestly don't like seeing that. And especially when Lisa Marie says, and she's right, it's not really in character for that guy. So that's what had me a little bit worried. And I was, I'm just wondering if you can clarify any more. Having, did you actually see the altercation involved? Is it just some sort of a, a little um, heat of the moment spat that needs to be put to one side and forgotten? The same as a, a player perhaps batting away a manager's hand if he's pissed off at being taken off. Was it something of that nature? Or would you have a little worry that there might be something deep? And I even heard Dave Hendrick, who's not given to conspiracy theories, wondering, is there something essentially wrong with the squad in terms of the dynamic and the the 
the mood and atmosphere. What's your take on it? I wouldn't be pissing off the Brazilian lads, but <laughs> uh, we'd be fucked. <laughs> um, but I didn't see it at the time. It must have been when my, one of my millions of streams were dying, um, which was a grace at that point. Um, but from what I've, I've, I've understand and seen screenshots and whatnot on Twitter, I think it does look like a heat of the moment thing. I think Dave worded it as he got caught out of position on the left-hand side a bit, and then, well, our other midfielder wasn't on the right-hand side, which was a common theme, um, and he seemed to get the blame for it. But I think we've seen, we, even on even in the Rangers, I don't want people to say, oh, I'm turning this on Henderson, but we saw Henderson coming, getting subbed off, and he wasn't happy, so I think it was just... Oh, wrong. yeah, he looked yeah. pissed off. Yeah, I was just thinking, I just think it's high tension, especially in that Brighton game, because that was a horror show, but I think it was just high tensions, heat of the moment thing. But people are people are always angry in our squad. I mean, Mane used to have the biggest resting bitch face whenever he got subbed off. <laughs> um, <laughs> Henderson's an angry Macam, so he always comes off angry. Um, but no, I think you are right that it's not usually Fabinho in that, but maybe it was just boiling point. And I think he, I think he does shoulder a lot of the blame because he is obviously Thiago now, but I think he's been the midfielder in the Klopp era, hasn't he? He stringed it all together from um, taking his up, up a level, I think, when he joined. Um, so maybe it's just the shouldering of the blame and now people seem to think he's shit. There was an Echo article the day after saying he needs to be taken out of the team now. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen that, but it was a horror show of an article. Um, I try not to read the Echo articles. Well, you can't because the website's a fucking travesty, isn't it? It's a um, nightmare, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it just seems odd that... I don't know, it just stems back from Fabinho's first spell where he was getting used to it. They always seem ready to pull the knives out when it's him, but I don't think there'll be a problem. If there was a problem between Fabinho and Klopp, I don't think Klopp would have subbed him on relatively early in the Rangers again. Yeah, I think that. No, that's fair. And again, I'm coming at it from a position yeah. of comparative ignorance, and I wanted to fill in any blanks for me and for anyone else who's listening who uh, I was also sort of wondering what was going on because generally speaking, I wouldn't be that guy, and uh, and 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 this week I am, and I wanted to lean into it. And listen, Marie, speaking of leaning into things that you know might necessarily suit you, you are um, you know sort of uh, nominally at least when the three four. And we'll include young Brainchy when he eventually gets back to us. Five of us are floating around that do this show on a regular basis. Um, you're sort of the default optimist of the group. Um, I used to be. Uh, then you took my role. Uh, so now I can be a bit of a crank as well, which is great. Uh, so I'm going to go and ask you to play against type now by telling me what your sort of downside, what was the the, the negative takeaway you took from um either game um which the reds have played since we last spoke well um that's a good question i you know brighton it would just have been the general way that we played i mean it was anyway it was just frightening um i i think my it it kind of ties into what i was thinking of as my is my good thing and, and you and guy touched on a little bit but when i was going to talk about what my my good takeaway was it was going to be that we did change and we played the four, two, three, one. And I would say my, my concern is that we are going to revert back to it, to the, to the four, three, three for Arsenal. Um, because 
I, I don't know. It just seemed to work better in the four two three one. And I don't know enough about the tactics to to get you know too in depth. I probably have enough knowledge to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm just. I I think my takeaway is you know yeah we we played better on Tuesday night and but that's relative because almost anything would be better than the way we had been playing. So I, I'm afraid that it's, it's not going to be enough to get us over these next two league games because I, they're going to be difficult and I'm, I'm not looking forward to either one of them. And for me, they both fall on a Sunday morning. Um, so I will be in church praying um, well, we were playing both Arsenal and Man City. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is so good to know. I, uh, it really, really is. Because <laughs> every, every little bit of... of uh, I mean, I oftentimes will rearrange and, you know, maybe go to a different mass or, or whatever, uh, you know, if, if it's a Sunday, you know, to go, be home. But I think I think the best thing I can do for the team this Sunday and next is 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 to be there. And just saying an extra little prayer. It really does. And, you know, this is really interesting that you've gone here um, because I was actually going to use as my opening thing today, not not um, the film quiz, but rather uh, a sequence of of Father Ted clips that I've been watching during the week, uh, entertaining myself. And one of the best is this episode where Dougal's having a little walk with this bishop or cardinal. I think he's a bishop. And... Um, He's the bishop's asking him about, you know, his faith and 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 how does he, you know, how does he find it? Does he have any questions? By the end of the conversation, <laughs> Douglas convinced the bishop to give up the faith in, entirely uh, <laughs> and uh, and being referred to as a man of great wisdom uh, uh, by this poor bastard who's had his head turned by Dougal's absolute inanity. So that's an interesting one that would have contrasted very strongly what you're just saying. Uh, I mean. I I I I do appreciate that it was always going to be a tricky one to get you to to lean into something negative. I don't, however, have that fear with you, young Drinkle. That I'm thinking there's going to be at least one thing that you can pick out that's specific, as opposed to. And I totally get where Lisa Marie's going from. The 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 entirety of Brighton, as you've said yourself, was a nightmare. Um, and and this comes from a guy who was mostly listening to it, um, and mostly following it on Twitter, and then seeing the bits afterwards. But it does seem to me um, from insights I was getting from you live at the time and then afterwards uh, listen to you guys in Raw that, you know, that game could have gone a lot worse. Oh, it could have yeah. been far more oh, horrific. Oh, absolutely. If it hadn't, yeah, if it hadn't, <laughs> hadn't been for a certain Brazilian lad who is worth his weight in gold between um, our posts. So with that in mind and just like a, a man a, known to to put in a good prayer too i was going to say the the holy Goli, yeah <laughs> so so with that in mind and just to avoid the 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 this um kind of repeating ourselves there about the, the the entirety of being awful is there something specific you want to pick out from the brighton game or indeed from the rangers game that is sort of giving you the hump at the moment as you look back at it um i'll i'll pick what i'll pick one from each game um the fact that we took the lead against Brighton after being an absolute fucking disgrace in that game. <laughs> God. Um, the fact we took the lead then bottled it again just yep. to give you a bit of hope 
then stab you. And we only you took the, the lead head. because of their error. Yes, because their keeper fancied being a Doyle, and uh, just amazing stuff from him. But it's like they just give us a bit of hope, then just uppercutted us into row Z. It's like, ah, oh, great, cheers, lads. Um, mm. Mm. But that's that's what we like. Maybe not two nil down to Brighton bad, and the way we performed bad. But that's what we that's what we've been built on. Mentality monsters, all that jazz, all that fucking slogan bullshit. Um, <laughs> but it was like, well, we've done it again. It's next level. It's new levels of terrible. But we came back and did it, and then they just scored like two minutes later, and we looked dreadful. And it was like, uh, well, mentality monsters has gone again. Um, but that that was probably the worst thing because it's like the first the first half. You you were texting me, ah, can we do raw? And I was like. I don't want to. <laughs> um, oh, like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm like, so sorry. Then you asked how well, it was going. I told yeah. Nina, you know, on, on her show that, you know, if I hadn't been slated to be on her show, I don't know that I wouldn't have turned it off after the second Brighton goal. Mm. I mean, I honestly don't. Um, I, 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 if I, you know, that's why I kept watching it because I kind of had to. Um, so, yeah. It was Jesus, it was that sounds new levels nice. are depressing. Yeah, yeah and I, I said I said that to you as well, Trev. I said you, you basically asked how it was going. I went Napoli bad. It's worse than Napoli. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. That really stuck with me. Actually, yeah. that was. I, I I said on that raw that that was the worst that I'd ever yeah. seen. Um, well, certainly since um uh, the Rogers era game against Real Madrid, which was mm, a, a total capitulation. Um, Farini, uh, run around. Great. Yeah, Great just an, just an embarrassment <laughs> of, of the situation. So so I so absolutely right. So that's good. That's a good specific one. But you also said there was something about the Rangers game that was uh, annoying you a little bit. It's the opposite of what you said, Trev. Darwin kind of annoyed me. Now, okay, I know. Now, Listen, I fully get that. Why? Yeah, I'm not. Well, I am impatient because I'm a football fan. Um, but he could have just shut people up. He could have got a hat trick. He should have got a hat trick. Yeah, and that's annoying. Because our rivals, or positionally big rivals, or used to be positionally, they've got a freak up front. We could have had our own freak, even if it was just for a bit and it's against a League One SPL team, whatever. But he could have had a hat-trick in that game and just shut people up. Maybe not look at training videos for fucking Uruguay, to him crossing the ball. Just maybe shut him up a bit and... I don't know, maybe it, it probably is a lack of confidence because he's getting slated in a new country. Obviously, can't communicate very well by um, reports. Uh, he's uh, he's still he's got a translator and stuff like that, and Tiago seems to be his bestie, which who wouldn't want to be Tiago's bestie? Look at him. Um, but it, it's just kind of annoying that he fluffed so many chances, but at the same time, and I'll, I'll, end, I'll, I'll flip it, I want to see more of him because none of our other strikers are doing that. I think more could do stuff like that, but he's holding hands with the assistant ref at the min. Um, but I still want to see him against Arsenal. I want to see him against Man City. But it's got to go in soon, or we've got a Timo Werner red situation. Yeah, no, that there. Oh, I can't believe you, you invoked the Werner. Jesus Christ! Defcon wow. twelve. <laughs> you you went there. Um. Uh, so so that that's an interesting one, uh, for sure. And I I do like the, it being the flip side of what I was saying. And I totally get that point. And don't get me wrong. In the immediate aftermath, that's where I was too. I'm just trying to see that it might be a half decent thing. And again, mm-hmm. uh, talking to the the fountain of knowledge that is Young Mulby, I was. 
sort of heartened to see that he was kind of thinking the same thing in terms of look, he's snatching at things, and you know, I, I, it was clear to me that the, the attempts that he was making on goal were kind of safe. Um, and 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 I was, I am enthused by the fact that he's there, but I fully get the point you're making that there could have been a few ghosts laid um, with that um, performance and um, have that put to bed and we would be in an entirely different proposition for Arsenal um, on Sunday if that had been the case. So it's a very, very good point. Now, there is one other thing that I need to get out here in the open because I don't hear it being discussed, except almost as a kind of fait accompli in terms of a topic which is now just accepted as a general truth. In the wake of the most recent crappy performances, I have leaned into, as much as anyone, including with my current Twitter name, taking the piss out of the idea of Pep's, uh, Pep Linder's intensity book. I absolutely have. Um, but it's interesting because I have a reputation for being someone who's into alternative history, or as you like to call it, conspiracy theory. And I'm the one here who's saying, well, this seems a little bit irrational, lads. And to me, this turning on Linders has a bang of um, the abuse that um, John Achterberg used to get as goalkeeping coach when we had shit goalkeepers. Uh, I, I, I don't 100% get it. We either think that Klopp is the great one, or are we suggesting that Pep Linders is the Jurgen whisperer and he's just like some sort of fucking Lady Macbeth figure, you know, <laughs> telling them what to do and, 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 and bringing us down as a result with his bullshit tactics. Um, and I don't want to take the piss out of anyone who's made observations between how we are currently playing and how was it NEC played yeah. under, under Linders? Cause that's obviously comparatively, um, impossible to argue with, but I don't. I get very hard to believe that there's that much influence being exerted um, over Jurgen Klopp's way of thinking, especially when it hasn't been going well and knowing the kind of guy that Jurgen is. So maybe he's all in. So I did want to throw that one out there for both of you. Um, and hopefully you kind of get where I'm going with this. I mean, I, it just seems a little bit over-egged for me. And like I say, I'm 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 all for a good conspiracy theory if, if there's one to be had. But to me, it just seems a little bit over-egged. And, and I'll just stay with you guys to get your quick take on it before asking Lisa Marie what she reckons. Um, you've heard it, obviously, because you're even more plugged into all this on a daily yeah. basis than I am. Um, I know Dave's spoken about it on his show. I mean, what's your take on this? Um, I would like to thank Pep and Linders for me having the best display picture on Twitter. If you've not seen it, go check it out. Um, it's an edited version of his book. Um, <laughs> I can't I can't say that word on a podcast, but it has a C word on it. Um, but yes, um, it wouldn't. Su- it's it, well, it's football fans. We need someone to blame when it's going badly. Um, I still believe the John Aptoberg thing. I will die on that hill. <laughs> um, no, it, it's just. I think the difference between the Aptoberg thing is because we have no idea. How the hell do you judge a goalkeeper coach? Whereas I think you meant the, the NEC thing, you mentioned it. Nobody other than Sam Maguire has watched NEC games from a few years ago. <laughs> um, but he's clearly made the observations and Sam's one of the most learned um, Liverpool fans on Twitter. Um, so I think that's where it stems from. Um, I'm not saying Sam's caused this shit, but 
<laughs> um, but his observ- his observations obviously obviously spiral. They go through the Twitter, but the similarities are there. The reckless abandon on the right hand side is there, which seemingly was a part of his team. But this is what great long term managers do, and obviously the Premier League examples. Fergie he had two hundred assistant managers. I'm sure they all had different influences. Um, like when Ronaldo became a thing, maybe the, that assistant manager was wanting to play when they transitioned to a 4 3 3. I don't think, obviously, he was fucking, I was like 10 at the time, but uh, 12, 13 at the time when Ronaldo was probably in his peak. They make you feel old. Um, Thanks, guy. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> he's, still, he's still going, and I'm 55 now. Um, <laughs> but I, I know you mentioned quick, quick word here, but I just think, I think the influence is clearly there because. Well, there's a reason he's highly thought of as a coach and there's a reason he's at the club. He has to have some influence, but maybe you need the genius of Klopp to just tone him down a bit. Very, A very, very interesting take. Uh, I, 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 am, I am glad I asked, and I'm definitely going to ask you as well, Lisa Marie, because there's just a further wrinkle in it that I want to just sort of iron out in terms of our discussion here because one of the things I think that has been unfortunate and Guy's right, by the way, if you don't, if you haven't seen, just go to at Guy Drinkle for the love of God and look <laughs> look at his um, look at his, his profile picture. It's tremendous. Um, but one of the things that uh, has happened here is that there's an, a very unfortunate coincidence of um, our assistant coach leaning into a whole notion about identity and intensity and all of those things coming together. And us, for some reason, for the first time in the club's history under Jurgen Klopp's tenure, losing both those things, our notion of who the hell we are and the intensity with which we play. It's amazing to see and to hear people who I work with and you work with on this channel saying things like lack of effort. That's bananas to me. Bananas. Not because it's not true, because it is true. Um, And so I do think that there's a sort of a perfect storm here. Um, It's probably, and again, to quote the Danish lad, wasn't the best idea to be coming out with a book at this stage. But apart from maybe questionable... um, cockatooing or what what's the word where you're sort of parading yourself around a little bit uh peacocking uh by 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 pep lenders i mean it's probably not the greatest sin in the world and it seems to be one of those things that people have leaned into to batter us with a stick what what's your take on the notion of Linders and his emerging influence and the whole idea of us losing intensity just as we're famously touting it well, it's kind of become the definition of irony. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've not leaned too much into that, but but it is it is it's it's extremely ironic that that it's it's kind of fallen this way. But I mean, I can't think that all of a sudden Jurgen has decided, hey, you know what? We're just going to let Pep come up with everything this season, and I'm just going to sit back. I mean, it just he can't solely be responsible for Pep Linders, that is, in us falling off a cliff as far as, as everything is, has been concerned. Um, it's just, but you're right, it's, it's just an extremely unfortunate coincidence that this, you know, this book came out and everything that we were 
you know, the team was always kind of known for as far as mentality and intensity and, and effort and, and all of those things have just disappeared in a lot of ways. I, I shouldn't say disappeared, but have um, fallen a lot, you know, level wise to, to what they previously were, because you're right. If nothing else, we could always depend on, you know, this team, they didn't give up, you know, that they were kind of that definition of they left it all out on the field, so to speak. And, and that's just not what we, you know, we have seen in a number of matches um, thus far this season. So I, I don't know. I've, I, to me, it feels like Lenders and his book are kind of a scapegoat just because people are looking for what's different. Why, why has this happened so suddenly? And so, you know, all of a sudden and, and it just, it's kind of an unfortunate coincidence, but I think you're right. I don't, I don't understand why he, he wrote the book and published it at this time. Um, it, it, it seems the timing seems a little bit weird for for when it was released and 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 everything. But, you know, again, it could just be an unfortunate coincidence. Yeah, I was going to say it's 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 weird for sure. And it's absolutely unfortunate. But it's not like he went off and did it, you know, on a whim. And I mean, obviously, something like that is approved by, you know, the powers that be at the club. So, you know, it wasn't like he went rogue and decided to write a book and publish it. I mean, no, nothing no. like that would have been done without, you know, without the proper permissions and support and, and whatever. So, so yeah. So I think it is, it's just, it, it's all just a little bit weird for not a very um, original term, but, but the, it is, it's just strange. If you were to do something like that, um, the equivalent of it, where I'm from, um, people would whisper as you left the shop that you were getting notions about yourself. And <laughs> that's very much what it feels like here with um, Pep's book and the whole situation. I think that's why it's so open to to, to justifiable slagging at the moment and, um, and, and, and should rightly be, because you, you do have to think about timing and these type of things. Um, I did feel a bit weird at the time to use your word. I think it's, it's, it's an appropriate one. Um, before we get away from this topic and, uh, your, your, um, your, uh, Twitter profile picture guy, I can't help but notice that in the background, your, um, banner picture there is, is mass effect. And I just bought that, um, game for PlayStation. Yes. Um, and I've been told again and again how wonderful it is. And I think I might start playing it this evening. I can only assume that that is a good thing. Are you recommending this or are you taking the piss like you are with Pep Lender's book? Mass Effect 2 is my favorite game ever. Enjoy. Excellent. Excellent. That's good to know. Um, now, we have a couple of minutes left to finish up and... We could look ahead to games to come and all that kind of thing, but by the time we publish this, I presume we'll stagger it, probably be out um, on the Saturday, have a little bit of time to live. Maybe people might get into their ears before the Arsenal match on Sunday. So I do want to kind of focus on that one a little bit. We don't normally do that, but I do want to just have a little bit of a focus on it. I don't think there's anything really to be said about Rangers, except if we don't win that game everything starts to look shit in the Champions League. If we do win it, everything looks quite rosy. 
assuming that we have begun to reconnect with some form, because I think it means that we need one further positive result to qualify the way yeah. things currently stand. I think that's how the sums and work. We play, and that's, we play Napoli last as well, where they will be 200 points clear of the rest of the group. Correct. <laughs> correct. Um, so they and, might put out a, yes. you know, not Exa- so... Ex- exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. So that that might there there are things lining up nicely for us. Should we um not um pardon the expression shit the bed versus Rangers, which I mean what can we do except just assume that um wh- whoever we put out will be good enough. I have the fear that he's gonna put out a quite a weakened team and uh, or not absolutely not a full strength team and and that we will have drama in our lives in the Champions League, um, <laughs> which I could do without. I'll be honest with you, I, oh, lads, I've just had enough drama in general uh, in my life without my t- football team being such a gang of drama merchants every freaking week. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I just life. want a nice, boring win. That's oh, all I'm just, asking I, for. I just want a nice, boring life. I'm lurching around from one freaking thing to the next. Oh, Trev this. Oh, Trev that. Fucking hell. Just piss off all of you. And then I sit down and watch the football. And the wankers are drama queens of the highest order. Oh, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. Just be calm. Like you said, at least me. Just a nice boring set of four or five wins in a row that would be just gorgeous um, two two i'd take two i'd take two as well take if we're all being quite honest <laughs> one in a row <laughs> two more take two more that's that no i'll range three more arsenal rangers city i'll do oh yeah there you go you're it's not asking to, for a lot it's enough to feast on for a fucking year <laughs> Well, actually, Arsenal, Rangers, City, and then the final result we need in the Champions League, I would probably take that before the World Cup because I think, I'll be straight up with you here now, that the league is bollocks anyway. Oh, and God. I think and I think that the, that the Champions League is our only hope for redemption. So if we were to get those, then not only have we a bit of bragging rights over City, not only have we sort of reasserted ourselves in the in the Premier League, but we will also then have ourselves in a situation where we're in the next level of the Champions League. And I would take that. And that sounds a little bit underambitious, but I think it's realistic. And I think it's also... Oh, I just want to say, <laughs> not realistic. There's nothing realistic about us getting all those results, but it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 realistic for me to have such low ambitions for us. I think currently, uh, a realistic level of ambition. So, with that in mind, I just want to have a quick look ahead to this Arsenal game, and we won't get too much in depth into it in terms of analysis and who should play and blah blah blah. We've all, we've already touched on whether or not we're going to keep the shape or not, or not keep the shape, and I think what we've discussed so far would indicate that actually nobody knows what Jurgen's going to do, um, and um, that seems to be often the way. So I'm kind of okay with that, and I want to lean into the thing that you said, Guy, really, which is that maybe the shape doesn't matter so much as the effort uh, returning, the concentration returning and the personnel being up to scratch. Uh, I'm going to start with you on this question. Do you think we've seen enough? Uh, we've been, it seems to me like we've been turning corners since the season started. So I don't want to lean into this as a, as a thing, but mm. do you think we've seen enough that we could at least be hopeful? I mean, are you actually very nervous about this Arsenal game? Well, if you turn enough corners, Trev, you're in a fucking circle. Um, 
<laughs> I think that's it, if you were. Geometry, circles with a corner. Um, yeah, God, it scares me. I'm I'm scared of granite jacket, Trev. That's what's happened in truth. Well, well, you know, you, know that, yeah. you know that things have gone badly Yeah, in life in general when you're scared of granite jacket, man. Not Bakaya Saka. Not Gabby Jesus, no, not no, Martinelli, no. Granite Xhaka. Granite fucking Xhaka. I'm yeah. terrified of Granite Xhaka running off the back of our false right back and right centre of it. Oh, God, what has happened to Liverpool in a two months, not two and a bit months now? Good Lord. Um, no, they're a good team. They're a good team. I think they're better than anyone thought. I think the only question now is if they can keep it going, really, because they have had an easy ish start to the season, but so is Liverpool. And we fucked ours up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you got to beat what's in front of you. Yeah, you got to beat what's in front of you. Um, they've passed, well, United was a bit of an aberration, but they passed the North London derby test, which Arteta against Conte, Arteta got the best of him. Um, they're, just a, they're just a fun team. I think people have made the comparisons with with us in the early Klopp days. Um I think one of the UP lads said they may be ready to, to become us at our peak, and I'm not sure that that level. I don't think they have the level of players in the squad. Maybe eventually I think Saka could become world-class, Martinelli, etc. But I don't think there's anyone Van Dijk-ish, maybe Saliba in a few years or or whatever, but not that. I think maybe like 16, 17 us. But um, yeah, they're, they're quite fun to watch. Um, and they've got really good young core, which will probably get picked apart by most likely Man City in the coming years um, because that's what Man City do and this league is becoming the Bundesliga so why not copy Bayern and take people's players um, I've gone off track as usual but <laughs> <laughs> um, but no it, it, it is a worry like, I've not been worried about an Arsenal game since since Rafa was here when they battered us like four times in a week since Julie, I'm not sure if anyone. Julio Baptiste is in my nightmares because he batters us about three times in a week. Oh God, that was horrible. Do you remember that week? It was horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've not really been worried about an Arsenal game since then. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a new it's a new feeling, and I don't like it. Yeah, I I I I also fear change, and um and um I fear my own emotions, and they are making me nervous. I have to say, um. I, I I was trying to lean in uh, to the idea that they're perhaps a little bit overrated because the opposition level that they faced hasn't been as high. And I did get some joy out of the fact that Manchester United had managed to beat them. Um, but then they did actually play Spurs, who are supposed to be a reasonably good team, and went out, ran out convincing winners in the end. So, yeah, it is going to be an interesting one. And I think... I'd like to say, Lisa Marie, that will be a real test of their mettle as potential league leaders and um, top four candidates. We won't call them title uh, challengers just yet. Um, that would be premature. But I'm not sure if we're going to be a great test of them uh, as title challengers because I don't know what's going to turn up. And this for me has been, I would imagine for you, um, in a very pointed way, um, I have sadly muscle memory of this but f f in recent years this has been the f first time in well at least five years where I feel like I don't know what I'm going to get from my team because I always knew that I would have 
people running around until they died, until the final whistle. It was one of the joys of the early days of Raw for me was talking about, look how we play until the final whistle. Like, I mean, we could be 5-0 up. It doesn't matter. We're going and we're going and we're going. And I, that's just in a really, really, really significant way disappeared. And I don't know what we are. And I'm going to have to see a lot of consecutive performances before I have faith again uh, in this side. That's how badly they've damaged um, my perception of them and what what we are as a team. So as a result, I am kind of very wary of this. Um, what do you make of that? I mean, you, like I say, it must be quite pointed for you because I, I would say in, in nearly all the time you've been watching, there's been that consistency in terms of the absolute, almost maniacal effort. And when it's not there, it just we just look, like you say said earlier on, is the right word. It's depressing, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it is. And and it's been something that is, you know, really, I mean, I haven't spent significant amounts of time dwelling or thinking about it, but it it is, it's, it's like, I sometimes don't know how to feel. And I, and I think it was probably, especially before the Brighton game last week, where, you know, generally after a long break like that, I'm just ready to, you know, to see Liverpool play again. And, and last week I was just kind of like, Oh, yeah. All right. We're back. And that's very un- uncharacteristic to the way I've been the last couple of years. And and I think it is because this is this is a whole new experience for me personally, because you're right. Even if we weren't getting the results, you know, in previous years, you know, since I really started following the the team, then at least the effort, you know, we couldn't say that it wasn't for lack of trying, um, you know, which I know is cliche and all of the other. But but it but it's true. You know, it was, they, they gave it their all and, and that, you know, and I mean, you know, the first couple games this season, when it was like that, it was just like, okay, you know, they just haven't found their rhythm yet, but, but, you know, as the next game would go on and the next game would go on where, you know, it was just crap. It's, it's, yeah, I'm having, I'm having a little bit of a difficult time adjusting and, and it is very unsettling to you know to look forward to arsenal and and be like oh you know are are we going to be able to have enough to get past this team and and then man city has always been a game you know that i've been a little bit nervous about but uh, you know this this go round i just don't even want i don't even want to do it because i don't want that you know mutant that they've got as a striker now to <laughs> Mm. And I'm sure we'll get we'll get into that more next week. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't even want to see it. So um, yeah, it's it's very un- unsettling. I think is is the best word I can describe it at this point in time. I think that works, and you know it's it's tempered with a, a kind of weird new excitement as well. Um, spoken about this in a couple of shows as well that because you don't know what to expect. Um, there is a sort of a randomness to it um, because we don't know lineup. There is a certain sort of excitement to it because we have new players to blood in specifically one that we want to see as much of as possible. As Guy mentioned earlier on, there is a sort of excitement level. It's not the excitement we want. It's not the excitement that's based around 
um, confident anticipation. It's an excitement based around, holy shit, everything could go wrong here. Um, but, you know, maybe we need to embrace that every so often as well. It'll make us better people. <laughs> maybe we'll just be better people as a result of this. That's what I'm going to lean into. So we should wrap it up this week. Um, I have nothing specifically that I want to mention um, because we will be doing shows thick and fast over the next while. So we'll get plenty of chances to mention things that are coming up. I would just say if it's in your um, wheelhouse at all and you've enjoyed this show um, maybe do have a look around and see what other shows are available from AI and from AI Pro because there are a lot of people doing a lot of good stuff there um, who are worth listening to and are now part of my virtually daily routine. I had stopped listening to um, football podcasts of any sort when this got really hectic for us. Um, and then I listen. I, now I, li- I listen only to the stuff from our channel and there's such a variety of voices that I do think it's worth your while having a bit of an experiment um, if you like what we do here. And if you do, can you please tell somebody else about it? Because it's come to my attention that barring, you know, I don't know, someone of, you know, the audience level of Joe Rogan or someone saying that you should really listen to Trev and the lads. There is no great advertising to be done. Uh, There's no great plugging to be done on things like Twitter. Telling people is what it's all about. So do let someone know who's a red or who you think might enjoy our ramblings. And I would appreciate that very much. Uh, Lisa Marie, before we go, anything you want to finish with or anything you want to mention? I just want to say... 116 days. And that's all I'm going to say. It's a teaser. <laughs> oh. So should we just mull more, this over? More to be revealed, yes. Okay, 116 okay. days. <laughs> 116, it's a teaser. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm excited now to work out what this is. And Guy, for yourself, anything you want to wrap the show up with or mention before we go? Uh, Nabi Keita was at Anfield, so hell has frozen over. Jesus. Uh, yeah. He was in the background in the Rangers game. We seen him. So yeah, uh, maybe he was actually injured. But I still don't believe it. I know you don't believe I don't that. Don't believe that bullshit. <laughs> that's the one. The one thing that's emerged from this uh, show more that's more positive than anything else for me is that you are now the resident um, conspiracy theorist of Anfield Index, and I, I, I pass my tinfoil hat crown to you. Great right to the stab Nabby in the show. I know. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> on, on, his way, on his way to the moon where Stanley Cooper <laughs> is up there. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> okay. I have enjoyed that chat immensely. Thanks to Lisa Marie Hannah and thanks to Guy Drinkle. I've been Trev Danny. We're back with you on the Anfield Index podcast next week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.